Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Today's episode is a very different episode in that it's a solo episode with just me. This is only the second time that I've done this. The first time was also a very set lesson, so it was a little bit different in nature. But I realized last week that I was coming up on my one year since leaving Bump Club as an employee. And so much has happened in this year that after talking to one of my friends, Um, she urged me to do an episode all about the lessons that I've learned and kind of the story of my pivot over the last year. She actually recommended that I call this a care package. So while my normal episodes to you guys are my letters each week from female founders, today's episode is a care package and it's filled with um, a ton of lessons and just insight that I've gained over the last year This is not the story of me founding Bump Club and Beyond. That is episode four. You can listen to that. This is the episode of me leaving Bump Club and Beyond and starting this new chapter that I have been writing for the last year and plan to continue writing as we move forward. So thank you for allowing me the space to do this. Please come on in and listen to my story of Lindsay Pinchuk, Marketing and Consulting, Year One. So a year ago, I closed my computer for the very last time at Bump Club and Beyond. It was actually just about a year ago to the date. And in that moment, I had a physical reaction, um, a legitimate physical reaction where I thought I was going to black out. I don't know if it was the adrenaline from the last few months of me trying to figure out what was going to happen, or I'm not quite sure what it was, but I I almost passed out right there on the spot. And I will never forget that. And it was in that moment that I knew I was making the right decision. And honest to God, a year ago, I closed this computer and I never looked back. It was a really hard decision to leave Bump Club and Beyond. Um, Bump Club and Beyond was the company I founded. It was the company I had been working for, essentially, for the last 12, almost 12 years at the time. Um, you know, I founded the company and I worked there for nine years and then I stayed on for two and a half after I sold it, but I was bump club and bump club was me. I was the face of the company. And truthfully, I didn't do such a great job separating myself from that. And so when it came time to me wanting to leave, it was very hard because I felt like I was going to be disappointing my team. I felt like I was going to be disappointing our community and Quite honestly, I was scared and unsure if I was going to be disappointing myself. But at the same time, this was a very necessary decision. 
you know, I, I was burnt out. I was burnt out having been doing the same thing for almost 12 years at that point. I had bootstrapped my entire company to, to the sale, to the point of sale. And even though I had at this point been working for the new corporation for two and a half years, the amount that I was working didn't change after the sale. And I was working my ass off and I wasn't happy. It was really evident at home. My kids knew it. My husband knew it. And quite honestly, I knew it. So, you know, when I finally decided like it is time for me to think about leaving, it is time for me to think about an exit. I knew that I, it was something that I had to do. And despite maybe disappointing my community and despite maybe disappointing my team, I knew that I had to do this for myself and for my family. So, you know, when I got to the point that I was going to leave Bump Club and Beyond, essentially what happened was I was, there were brands that were reaching out to me and there were brands that were asking me to do projects for them. And they were projects that made me excited. They were lighting me up. And I was saying to myself, I don't feel this way at work anymore. This is why I need to move on from this situation. And this is why I need to make this decision because I felt that I deserve to be lit up every single day. And I felt that I deserve to be happy, especially after working for as long as I did for as hard as I did, but it was still really, really scary. And despite feeling the sense of relief when I closed my computer and despite being so excited for what was next, it was fucking scary. And you know, in that moment, I had one client, I had one client and that was Bump Club and Beyond. So when I left Bump Club, the agreement was that I was going to keep Bump Club as a consulting client for, it was about 10 weeks, I think. And there were many, many thoughts running through my head. And one of the thoughts that I had was, are people going to hire me? Are they actually going to hire me to do work? And what if they don't? But I went back to that litmus test that I speak of right here so often. And I asked myself, what's the worst that would happen? What is the absolute worst? Well, the worst would be no one hired me. No one hires me to take on a consulting job. No one hires me to coach them. And essentially I end up finding a job somewhere. And that's the worst that happens. And then the second part of the question is, can I live with that? And the answer was yes, because I knew in my heart of hearts that it was time. Um, You know, one of the other decisions that really led me to leaving Bump Club and Beyond and to making this change was the fact that I felt like I wasn't showing up as myself anymore. Um, Not only did I feel like I was being a little bit censored, I guess, I don't know if censored is the right word, but I guess maybe controlled by what I could and couldn't say in our social media. And that had never happened prior to the sale of my company. But I also just felt like I wasn't showing up as myself anymore in the sense that I wasn't a young mom. And it felt really weird showing up and talking about strollers and car seats and baby products that I was no longer using. And well, yes, I am an expert in the parenting space. And yes, I went to trade shows and, you know, touched and felt and played with all of the products and and really understood what they were. And yes, I worked with every single one of the baby brands out there. I wasn't using these products anymore. And when I first started Bump Club and Beyond, I was a brand new mom. I was a pregnant, I was an expectant mom, you know, and I 
was using all of these products. So for me to talk about them and for me to talk about my experiences, it was really authentic when I showed up. And now I was talking about all these things that had happened to me eight and 11 years ago, and it just didn't feel right anymore. I had built a business upon me as an expectant mom, a new mom, a mom of a toddler, a mom of two kids. And I really aged out of my role. And I knew that this was going to happen. I said it for a long time, probably four years in, I said, one day I will age out of bump club. And so all of these factors together really were what pushed me to make this decision to leave bump club and beyond. And so now it's been a year, which is so hard to believe. It is honest to God, been one of the best years of my life. I am honest to God, the happiest I've ever been. And I was actually on the phone both yesterday and today with two old coworkers of mine from Bump Club. And they said to me, we've never seen you happier. And I, I didn't ask them further, but I think that they even meant we've never seen you happier than when, even when you were at Bump Club. And to me, the experience of Bump Club and the experience of founding, growing, scaling, monetizing my community, and then selling it, that whole experience is what really set the groundwork and set the path for what I'm doing now, which is helping other female founders. So everything happens for a reason. I have zero regrets. I am so proud of myself that I sold a business. I know that a lot of people want to sell a business and and don't get to that point. I am so proud of myself that I did set that out as a goal that by the time I turned 40, I would sell my company. And I did. So, you know, here we are. It's been a year. It's been a relief year. It's, you know, this has been a year, honestly, of a lot of growth and discovery for myself and really figuring out what it is and how I want to utilize my expertise to help you. And so I want to kind of take you guys through the story and what happened when I left Bump Club. So when I left, you know, what did I do? Well, I did what I tell all of my clients, my community, and all of you to do every single day. And that was, I sent an email. And actually there were two emails that went out over the course of this time. One was on July 23rd, 2021, where I said that I was going to be leaving Bump Club. It was kind of like a goodbye. And then the other one was in the beginning of September. And that was when I was announcing the fact that I was starting a new company for myself when I launched my new website. But the point being, I sent an email. And that is something that I tell all of my clients, all of you guys, every single day when you start a business, or even if you didn't do this, or if you have something to reintroduce to your community, send an email and let them know. So I sent out an email and essentially I said, I'm leaving Bum Club. I'm taking clients. I'm going to be consulting. And at the time, I really, I positioned myself as a marketing consultant because quite honestly, I wasn't sure what exactly it was I wanted to do. I had grown a business and scaled a business. And there were so many roles and hats that I wore throughout that dozen years that it was hard for me to really pinpoint one functionality or one way to position myself that I felt right in that moment, at least. So, you know, I positioned myself as a marketing consultant. And I remember very vividly, one of my very close friends, one of my best friends, Sam Landy, and and you guys have heard her here on the podcast. She said to me, you know, you know how to do all of these things that are listed on your website, but she said, it's too much. Like you can't do everything. You can't be everything to everyone. And my 
And I agreed with her, but my sentiment back was, I have to figure out what it is that I want to do. So after I sent that first email, Bump Club was still my client, but within two weeks, I had two other clients. My first client other than Bump Club was a coaching client. I will forever be grateful to her is she trusted me to help her get her business up and running. She was a corporate executive and she ultimately wanted to position herself to be able to one day exit and have clients of her own in her area of expertise and in her vertical. So she was my first client and together over the course of three months, we got everything up and running. We set goals, we branded her business, we set a mission, we did a website refresh, we selected methods of monetization for her community, and we created client packages for her to take out into the world. We created her story, we designated a rollout plan, we set up her social media channels, we created a content and social plan, and we set her up on her email marketing and we rolled it all out. And, you know, like I said, I will forever be indebted to this person because she had faith in me and she trusted me from the beginning. Um, we met over Zoom. That was how she hired me. And she said, I was addicted to your energy. And she said, and, and I knew that you would be able to do this for me. And I was honest. I had never done that before, right? Like this was the first person that I had helped get a business up and running and off the ground other than my own, essentially. Um, so that was my first client. And then my other client at the time was another consulting client. Um, I was handling her community building through social media. And then soon after that, she was a C she was a startup, sorry. And then soon after that, a CPG brand hired me as a consultant to create a social media strategy for her, which I ended up working with her social media manager to implement. And she was seeing huge, 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 huge um, gains in terms of reach, in terms of engagement on her social media. And ultimately that ultimately that translated to large increases in followers as well. Like it was definitely a slow and steady, but obviously when you're reaching more people and you're engaging with more people, you're going to eventually get more people following you. So, you know, it was at that moment that, you know, I realized through both my first client and then who was a coaching client. And then my second two clients, which were consulting clients, it was in that moment that I realized that I was able to provide two separate and very distinct services to many of the people who were following me and to who anyone who wanted to engage with me. And those, those services were both coaching and consulting. So here's the difference. And a lot of people ask me like, what is the difference between coaching and consulting? Well, consulting is when I come into your business and it's mostly enterprise businesses, bigger brands. And I come in and I do the work. I actually do the work. I, I write the strategy for your social media. I write the strategy for your content. And then I either work with your social media manager to implement it or you're, you've hired me and I implement it until we find someone who's going to take on the role as your social media manager indefinitely. So that is kind of the like the consulting work is when I do it for you. And that's just an example of one of the ways that I do work for, for clients is through content and social media. And we're going to get into other ways that I work with um, clients and also my revised positioning in a minute. But And then the coaching piece of it is when I work with you to guide you along the process of doing it yourself. So it it is basically a series of meetings with my first coaching client. We met once a week. And we had a lesson where I talked about whatever the topic was at hand. You know, we could be talking about social media platforms. We could be talking about engagement. We could be talking about partnerships or about podcasts. And then I would give a homework assignment that my client would have to do over the course of the week. And we would start every call off with 
questions about the assignment. And the assignments were all not just assignments for shits and giggles. They were assignments that were moving her business along. So we were building her business together and she was doing the work as I was coaching her along, if that makes sense. So, you know, all the while, while this was going on, um, at the end of 2021, I also knew that I wanted to start a podcast. So this was something that I wanted to do for a very long time. I wanted to do it at Bump Club, but I also really didn't want to have a podcast in the parenting space. I I know that sounds, I don't know, it doesn't sound terrible, but like that was my niche for so long and that was what I was known for. But I really did not want a podcast in the parenting space. And I knew that by starting a podcast, I would be able to help female founders in a way that I had wanted to be helped and supported when I was starting my business. When I was starting my first company, I felt very alone. I felt very unsure. I I just didn't have the resources right off the bat. And obviously that came with time. I learned how to network. I learned how to ask for help. But again, that takes time. And so I knew that with this podcast, I wanted to be able to get on here and it was meant to be once a week, not twice a week, but I knew I wanted to get on here once a week and share lessons, not just from my own experience, but from that and quote, my Rolodex or my contact list. And I, and I have so many female founder contacts that I knew had amazing stories that I would be able to share. So when I, when I, when I decided that I wanted to start a podcast, I actually bought, I bought a class and the first class I bought was a class. It was a course online. It was my, it was like modules. So like you would go online and you would watch it and then you would do some kind of homework. And honestly, I just was not motivated by this class. I didn't love it. I I like was kind of going along with the motions. And then I somehow ran into this woman, Kathy Heller online, not in person, but like on social media. And she had a podcast class and I started listening to her podcast and I signed up for like a free podcast workshop that she was doing. And I just, I felt like her energy was such that if I ended up enrolling in her class, I would actually get shit done. And I did. So, you know, I firmly believe in you always want to make an effort to continue to learn and to always be learning, but I didn't know how to start a podcast and how to set up a podcast. And I didn't know kind of the ins and the outs and the intricacies of the podcasting industry. So I signed up for Kathy Heller's podcasting course. And within eight weeks, my podcast was essentially off the ground. I began to interview female founders in the fall. I'm still dropping episodes from when I started interviewing. So when I launched my podcast, I launched with close to 40 episodes banked. I would 100% recommend that if you start a podcast to do the work up front, because honestly, having those episodes banked was a savior for me. And if you do that and you do the work up front, you have at least, I would say at least two months of episodes in the can before you start. That way you're never scrambling and it really alleviates the pressure of producing more content. And, you know, by the time I dropped my first episode of of Dear Found Her and I had interviewed all these people and I was dropping the episodes, people were pitching me as well. And I also had put myself out there like I had been talking about the podcast eight weeks prior to the actual launch of the first episode. So people were pitching me. So in addition to having all these episodes banked, people were reaching out and saying, could I be on your podcast? I have a client who wants to be on your podcast. So you know, my interviews came from my network at first. And then obviously, as we started to grow, that network grew and the word got out and people started coming to me pitching their clients. My podcast really has created opportunities that I never thought possible. 
know, most people ask, you know, how do you make money from your podcast? And I want to share with you that you don't start a podcast to necessarily make money from the podcast. You start a podcast for thought leadership and to market your business. And honestly, there is no better platform and no more captivated audience out there than people who are signing up, subscribing, and listening to you every single week, whether it's you talk alone about something in your area of expertise, or whether it's you interviewing someone and having a great conversation that you're sharing. So when I started the podcast, the thought was that this was going to be a great marketing vehicle for my business and for my quote agency that I was starting. So I, my business now is called Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting. And so I figured this was a great way for me to show up and serve the community and share information and teach people how to own their own businesses and how to grow their own businesses and how to market their own businesses. So once I started dropping the episodes, more founders, like I said, were reaching out and they wanted to be featured and PR people were pitching to me and, you know, it really grew from there. Also, what was happening was I was getting clients from the podcast. So, you know, that was, that was something that was really unexpected to date, we've been downloaded over 15,000 times. And while I'm still learning the podcasting world, I've been told that most podcasts don't make it past episode seven and that the average number of downloads per episode is about 30. So we're at about 400 to 500 per episode and we've dropped 61, sorry, 62 episodes to date. This is episode 62. And I have had episodes that have been downloaded thousands of times. And you know that's a, an amazing feat and something I am so incredibly proud of. And you have to remember that with podcasts, they live there forever. So it's really evergreen content. Like, so there's content that I dropped, you know, in January, like Dana Gordon was my first guest. People are still listening to her episode, which is awesome. So as you're discovered, you know, as you're discovered as a podcast, people can go back and listen to old episodes. People can binge your episodes. And I have people tell me all the time, oh my God, I just found you. And now I'm binging all your episodes. There's nothing that makes me happier than that. So like I said before, what also happened with the podcast that was very unexpected was that guests were starting to ask me for proposals and if they could hire me, some did. And also, as I had hoped, listeners also started reaching out and asking how they could work with me. So that was really the initial thought, but I didn't, I didn't think when I initially started the podcast that my guests were going to be the ones who were reaching out and asking to work with me. So what happened after... I started dropping the podcast very quickly as people were reaching out and saying, are there other ways to work with you? I created a free social media for small business class. I ran it in the winter. I feel like it was like maybe January or February. And I ran it for under just under a hundred registrants. And the feedback I received was really positive at the time. It was free. I did it in my Facebook group. And from there, I was able to launch a paid course where 80% of the regular attendees who came to my free, free class actually transacted and paid for my course. And they joined me for a more general marketing for small business workshop. And that was a workshop that lasted another eight weeks. So, you know, it was, I was really blown away by the response I received for both the free class as well as the paid workshop. And it wasn't just the feedback, it was watching the my clients and watching the attendees succeed online and watching them post things in a way that I instructed them to post and seeing how much engagement they were getting or having them tell me I did X, Y, and Z. And I woke up in the morning and I had 20 sales and it was all based off of, you know, 
feedback and tips and action items that I was giving them to do during the class. So honest to God, there is nothing better than seeing this community succeed. Watching my students grow their businesses leaps and bounds and seeing results from these really somewhat small changes and easy changes that they were making because of my curriculum, honestly, was and still is the most rewarding experience of all of this. When I started this new venture a year ago, I really set out to help female founders and through a holistic approach, it's building your community and your community is honestly your greatest business asset. I say this all the time and learning how to put your community to work for you and for your business, because ultimately when you know how to do this, your bottom line grows and that's why we're in business, right? So it's not just your social media. It's not just your podcast. It's not just your website. It's really about utilizing all of your content, which is your greatest marketing tool in order to do so. So it's your social media, it's your website, it's your live events, it's your partnerships, your email, maybe you have a podcast, it's any press and publicity that you do, talks that you give. Really and truly, it's everything that you put out into the universe and making sure that all of these things are working together to serve your community. When you look at your community and your content holistically, that is when you grow both the number of people engaging with you and your bottom line. So after running social media for small business for the second time, the feedback was such that many of you said, and many of the people who attended said that they wanted more time with me in the packages that I was offering. So many of you guys came asking for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I did what I tell you guys to do all the time. I listened to you, to my community, and I ended up creating three coaching packages to help you build and monetize your own communities. I also sought mentorship from others who run successful coaching practices like Rachel Schwartz from Rachel Schwartz Nutrition. She is in another episode of Dear Found Her and she is an amazing episode. You absolutely should go back. It's one of the first six or seven episodes. She helped me tremendously in pushing me to make this happen. Honestly, like she said, you absolutely can do this. She gave me some guardrails and I, I asked her advice and I asked her opinion and I ran things by her. And those are the things that you have to do when you're starting a business and when you just feel like you don't know, or maybe you just want a second opinion. So I'm so grateful to her for sharing her knowledge with me, but I also know that I have shared my knowledge with her so many times. And that's, that's how it goes when you have people in your village, you know? So it was also during this time when Rachel was helping me to kind of set things up and I was creating these packages for one-on-one -on -one coaching and for, and, and essentially the coaching practice was to help other female founders build their communities and, and monetize their communities. And I was, I realized during this time that my positioning was off. Like earlier in this conversation, I said, you know, my, my business, when I first launched, it was as a marketing consultant. And one of my best friends told me I was offering too many services. And I absolutely was, but it wasn't just that I was offering too many services. I was not positioning it, positioning it right. You know, at first, when I left bump club, I positioned myself as a marketing consultant as a, and as a small business coach, which I am both, but I wanted to position myself in the marketplace a little bit more uniquely so I sat down and I said to myself, what is it that you love to do and what is it that you do best? And ultimately, I mean, the answer was right in front of my face. And that is I build communities. That's what I do. You know, I built Bump Club. It was a community first, a business second, and I sold it. 
And even before I realized that I was building a new community, I had started to build a new community, both with the drop of this podcast and also with a shift in how I was um, positioning my social media. You can't be afraid to make a shift or a change in your business when something's not working, especially the way that you want it to work. It's a hundred percent okay to make a modification. You're the business owner, right? You make the decisions. And as the business owner, understanding when to make these changes is key to your growth. And so it was through that realization that I was able to be more specific about what it was that I was able to offer you or to anyone who comes to me for help with their own business. And it's really important. And this is something that I realized too, as I was going through this exercise, it's really important that when someone asks you what you do, that you can tell them in one to two sentences max and with certainty. So it's not like you hem and you haw and you say, well, you know, it's you are certain about what you do and you are able to communicate that. So prior to this realization for me, when someone asked me, it was kind of this like laundry list of services. But now when people say to me, what do you do? I say, I help businesses big and small build and monetize their communities through content, social media, email, and partnerships. I offer both consulting services for enterprise brands and coaching services for individuals and small businesses. It is two sentences. I help businesses big and small build and monetize their communities through content, social media, email, and partnership strategies. I offer both consulting services for enterprise brands and coaching services for individuals and small businesses. You never want people to wonder what it is that you do. And I actually had a coaching client this morning that, you know, she was trying to be all cute and fancy with a lot of her titles and like her packages. And trust me, it was creative and it was awesome. But I said to her, no one knows what this means. You have to be very crystal clear what it is that you're providing and make it so easy. And that's what I wanted to do through this reposition. So when people ask me my area of expertise, I say I build and monetize communities, period. That's it. And then I can go on to say how I do that, right? So, you know, this summer I capped my business at five coaching clients and one consulting client. You know, I really, I wanted time to breathe. I wanted time to be with my kids. I really wanted a minute to myself. I had wanted that last summer and through the exit process, I really got a late start to that. And I didn't get that minute until kind of late in the summer. And so I really wanted to take this summer to try to take a breath and take a minute and take a beat for myself. And I'm so glad that I did because there's just been so much going on in the world that it really allowed me the space to do that when I needed to do that. But at the end of the day, isn't that why we all work for ourselves? I mean, we work for ourselves so that we can take a minute and we can take a beat. And so while I was still bringing in income, I wasn't killing myself while I was doing it. And that was really important to me, um, especially this summer. So moving into the fall, I'm going to be opening up my calendar a bit. I'm going to take on a few more coaching clients and a few consulting clients as well. So just like many of you, you know, I, I am still, and I will likely always be learning, you know, now creating a business and a new community for a second time, I know it works and I know it doesn't. And I'm able to apply my experience both from the first time. And then also from the lessons I'm learning, moving along with this business, to make what I'm doing now happen faster and in a more buttoned up way. So, you know, there are a lot of things that you do as an entrepreneur, as a female founder in the beginning that 
you do or you don't do actually, and you realize you should have done later that could propel your business forward faster if you had known that the first time. And so, you know, these are the lessons that I'm now applying to my second business. And right off the bat, I knew that I needed to hire a bookkeeper. So I did. So that was kind of my big lesson with my first business. I found one that specializes in businesses like mine. I'm really, really happy with them. They're very efficient, both from a cost standpoint and a time standpoint. And they're also really good. I also recognize the fact that you can't do everything. And this was something that I realized early on with Bump Club too. And I talk about this often with Bump Club that, you know, I hired someone to be my assistant at Bump Club and paid her before I paid myself. And that was a big realization very early on when I was starting my first business, but I needed the extra set of hands. And that extra set of hands allowed me to use my hands to grow the business and drive more revenue. So ultimately, you know, that was was a lesson I learned very early on in Bump Club and something that I'm applying right now. You really cannot do everything, especially when you're putting out the amount of content that I do here daily between the podcast, my website, my email, and social media, you need to have some help. So early on, I hired Hivecast. They actually edit and produce all of my podcasts, most of my podcasts. They did not do this one. This was something that was self-produced by me. I want to say that. They're very, very efficient and effective. And I, I love, love, love working with them. Like I said, um, they're specifically for small business and they have saved me a ton of time. I also recently hired a virtual assistant to do my Pinterest. And a lot of you guys might be asking me why, but um, I really, for me and for my community and for the people who I target, I really wanted and thought that I needed to be on Pinterest there. I think for me is a lot of opportunity with the demographic there to grow my podcast community and also to potentially reach new clients. But I realized that I can't do everything. And this is an area where I, I'm not an expert. I don't have a lot of experience. I totally own up to it. And I thought about buying a course and doing it on my own. But at the end of the day, this was just very cost effective and cost efficient for me to hire someone to do the Pinterest, especially because I have a lot of the content. And so she actually doesn't even have to create much content, but you know, I can't do everything. And this was an area where I decided I wanted to get help versus doing it on my own. So, you know, as a founder and an entrepreneur, it's so important that you realize where, when, and how to reinvest in your business in order to free up your time for bottom line growth. You don't need to hire someone full-time, but contractors like the ones that I'm using are making a difference for me in a way that I would not be able to do on my own because at the end of the day, there are only so many hours in the day, right? You can only do so many things. And so I, I urge you, if you feel underwater or overwhelmed, to really look into services like a virtual assistant or contract workers, or if you don't have the budget, see if you can trade with someone. And this was something that I did early on with Bump Club and something that actually I'm doing now. Like there are a couple of people out there right now um, who offer services that they're better at than me. And I offer services that I'm better at than them. And we're kind of swapping to help each other out. So just a couple of ideas for you as business owners. But when I look back over the last year, I am not shy to say that I am incredibly, incredibly proud of myself. And I, I say this, you know, not to boast, not to be conceited, 
I am channeling my inner coach chronicles, my friend, Leslie Randolph. I know you are probably very proud of me right now for saying this because you definitely pushed me to own up to these things and you pushed me to do this podcast. But, you know, I am very, very proud of what I've accomplished in the last year and also over the course of my career. But don't get me wrong. It has not been all rainbows and unicorns. And I don't want you to think that. Being a consultant and a coach comes with its own challenges that I definitely didn't have before and that I'm learning from. I went from having a steady paycheck from the company who bought my business to now having to balance both servicing my clients and finding new clients to hire me all the time. So that can be really stressful. And that's a whole new business cycle for me to get used to and to command and to really understand. And I know that it's going to take more than a year, more than two years to really figure that out. You know, I share this as it's so important as a female founder that you recognize and share your successes. Most of us are in this alone. We're solopreneurs, at least I am right now. And that means if we don't share, we don't celebrate. So I know that you, just like me, have a lot to celebrate when it comes to your professional achievements. And so I'm sharing here and I'm encouraging, I'm encouraging you to share as well. On the podcast front, I originally thought that I would drop one episode a week, but the demand has been such that we're dropping two. Like I said, this is our 62nd episode. We've been downloaded over 15,000 times. And not only have I interviewed some huge and amazing founders, but last week I also dropped an episode with one of my bucket list guests, Jen Sherman. You know, to me, that was like, I said it on her podcast episode. It was a highlight of my career. And That was something that I manifested on my own. I knew I wanted her on the podcast and I found a way to make that happen. I've also had six amazing coaching clients over the last year, one of who worked with me at my highest level of involvement. I've also had six amazing consulting projects, one of whom extended my contract because they wanted more time with me. I'm seeing triple digit increases in reach and engagement among all of my consulting clients and my coaching clients are all in places within their businesses that they would not be without making an investment in me and my services to help them be there. Additionally, I've had 50 female founders register and pay for my paid workshop. The feedback has been astounding and you know, watching these businesses grow and soar puts a permanent smile on my face. So I promised as I promoted this episode that I would share what my greatest achievement has been since leaving bump club and starting Lindsay Pinchuk marketing and consulting. And honest to God, my greatest achievement is not the bucket list interview or the client that extended me. My greatest achievement throughout all of this is all of you. It's cultivating a community who wants to continue to learn and share their own knowledge. And it's watching so many of you have wins, both big and small because of the knowledge and information that I share here on Dear Founder and across all of my content in all of my platforms. Honestly, watching you succeed is my biggest accomplishment so far and will no doubt continue to be moving forward. So, you know, like I said before, a lot of people ask me if I have regrets about selling Bump Club or leaving Bump Club. And the answer to that is resoundingly no. I mean, I have zero regrets of selling my business, And, you know, this is something that one day I will come back and share more about the sales process of Bump Club and kind of what that looked like. But I just want to say this, that I, this, like, I am a very big believer in things happening for a reason and stars aligning. 
I sold my business at the beginning of 2019. And at the beginning of 2020, right as we were about to really to execute our first large scale event with Target after the after the acquisition, COVID hit. And we turned our whole operation into online content from in-person events. And it was great. Like I helped to save the business and to continue driving the revenue with Target. And that is awesome. But at the end of the day, had I not sold my business when I sold my business, we would have gone out of business like the many competitors that we had at Bump Club prior to COVID. And, you know, to me, that that is not lost on me because I would have gone out of business and gotten nothing for all of the hard work that I put into this company for 10 years at that time. So I also, like I said, I have zero regrets leaving Bump Club. I am the happiest I have ever been. And I know that that is with good reason. I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And my experience and my time at Bump Club provided me with the knowledge and content to make this next chapter happen in a way that I want it to happen. Before I wrap up, I want to give a shout out to my amazing husband, to my girls who (laughs) you are my everything, to my parents and my entire village filled with the most amazing friends who encourage, support, challenge me each and every day. Without a doubt, I would not be here without every single one of you. And to this amazing community, thank you so much for being here, for believing in me, for trusting me, and for supporting me every step of the way. I honestly can't wait to continue this conversation and to continue helping you to move the needle on your own goals and your businesses. I could not do this without you both prior to me leaving Bump Club and here on Dear Founder, on Lindsay Pinchuk. I mean, I am nothing without all of you and all of you believing in me and encouraging me and supporting me and being there for me. And I want you to know that if there is ever any way that I can continue to do the same for you, please do not hesitate to reach out that I am here and I am so grateful. Here's to a great first year of Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting. I cannot wait to see what next year brings. Thank you so much for being here and for giving me the chance and the space to share everything that I've learned in the last year from the first year of my second pivot. I'm going to be sending out today's takeaways and most of the takeaways moving forward to my email list. So make sure that you subscribe to the link in the show notes. When you do, you'll also get a lesson every single week to help you grow your own business. So for today's takeaways, I want to share my top five lessons from the first year of my second pivot. Here we go. Take out your pen and paper or sign up for the newsletter so that you get them straight to your inbox. Number one, your community is your greatest business asset and your content is your greatest marketing tool. When it comes to your content, set aside two to three chunks of time during the week to write it and to schedule it out. That way you're not scrambling or left wondering what it is that you should post or share. Number two, don't be afraid to make a shift or change in your business if something isn't working the way you had hoped. Only you can sense when something isn't working and only you have the power to make that change. Number three, Be crystal clear about what it is that you offer your clients. Don't make them guess. And most important, make sure that you share it often. If you don't share what you offer, no one will know what it is that you do. Number four, you can't do everything on your own. As an entrepreneur, it's so important that you realize where, when, and how to reinvest in your business in order to free up your time for bottom line growth. And number five, acknowledge the hardships in order to grow, but... 
make sure that you celebrate all of the wins, big and small, as that no doubt will help you to grow too. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making my first year after leaving my first business as amazing as it has been. I I really and truly appreciate it, and I cannot wait for what is to come. If you like what you're hearing here on Dear Founder, please take out your phone. Please scroll all the way down and leave a five-star rating or write a review so that others can find us in the podcast apps. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has an idea, please text them this episode or please share it in your Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me and I will share it to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Found Her coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.